When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello. Anyone around here speak basketball? Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Rivas. And who good, sir, with the very well lit uh, <laughs> and detailed background are you? I'm your producer. My name's Matt Duncan. Freddie, how you doing? You feeling good about the first month of the season? I'm feeling very good. Uh, we got out of that... Uh, you know, seven game, fairly difficult stretch, four and three, which we're going to talk about. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm feeling great. Everything's going according to plan, sort of for me. Sweet. That that's all I wanted to hear. I'm just so proud of you. Oh, thanks. Oh my God. (laughs) Wow. What a warm, what a warm, uh, uh, like a blanket of a welcome from you. Um, yeah, this is, uh, um, Confederacy of Dunks. We are a, uh, like a hardcore, uh, Raptors, uh, podcast. We have comedians, analysts, uh, entertainers, all sorts of people. As long as you are a basketball nut, you are welcome. We're with Raptors Republic. And um, I'll, I'll say this, I've been saying for uh, a long time now, and I'm going to keep saying it, uh, free Brittany Griner. And let's uh, let's get going with, uh, we have two new guests today, so it should be a fun podcast. Um, I think we met very briefly uh, at the Raptors Republic party. Uh, I, I've known about him and his work for some time now. Uh, I'm definitely a fan. He is with Raptors Republic. Uh, he is with uh, TSN. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Jamar Hines. <laughs> wow. This is yeah, song. I told you. It could be bad. could be good. <laughs> like a beat might drop. I don't know. <laughs> it just starts over again or something. Um, what's up? How are you doing? Welcome. This is the funniest intro I've ever had. I'm good, man. How are you? Um, I'm good. I'm I'm happy. It's a it's a funny intro. Uh, I'm hoping not a hundred percent ironic. Did I get anything wrong? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I I've straight up I've made a lot of mistakes. Like I I got. I got a stutter going. I got ADHD. I've I've absolutely obliterated some people's names in the past. No, so. you're all good. You uh, good start. Good. Um, yeah, thanks for joining. Let's uh, let's bring on guest number two. Um, I've known him for a long time. Uh, he's a hilarious dude, a great actor. Uh, he has a fairly wet jump shot, I must say. Um, often we have to guard each other in our Tuesday pickup. Uh, give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone. For Daniel Stofi. Okay. <laughs> this is like, I don't know what the energy is there. Uh, 
It's like a vacation uh, tourist sure. commercial or something. Yeah, man. Let's do some Eurovision. What's up? Yeah. Buddy? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. How you doing, bud? Uh, I'm good. Thanks for joining the podcast, man. It's a long time coming. Yeah, I've been wanting to. I've been wanting to get on this podcast for a long time. I love talking buddy. ball. Yeah, you're in. Let's talk some ball. It's good times. Um, Maddie D, uh, I know you got something weird cooked up for me. Um, maybe it's some mold. Maybe it's something new. Give me your weirdest, loudest Raptors sting. Trust in Masai. Wow, that is new. Okay. <laughs> that was weird. Al whisper. Um, Trust in Masai. Wow, that's wow. that's a mig. That's like Weird Al in South Park mispronouncing Masai's <laughs> name. So. <laughs> We're good. Yeah. Layered, layered stuff going down from Matty D. Um, <laughs> thank you. Masai. I don't know. I can't move forward. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's let's go. Um, um, OK, let's uh, let's start with you, Jamar. And um, I mean, we talked a bunch about Pascal uh, last week. Uh, shout out to all the people who uh, gave, like, you know, the commenters who gave us feedback uh, on, on my Pascal take. I was saying that I can think of six or seven guys uh, sort of off the top of my head better than him. And then it starts to get foggy, which to me is absolutely wild and speaks to the season that he's having. But, you know, we'll get back to Pascal later, you know, if he continues his tear, but we've talked about him a bunch. So uh, my question to you is, uh, after October, four and three record, um, you know, fairly decent competition, and uh, the Raptors are above five hundred. What besides Pascal uh, is the most positive thing to you right now? Uh, for me, it's the continuity. Um, they returned so many guys from last year compared to other teams, and. Uh, you're seeing it on the defensive end. You know, every it feels like every game somebody like from Twitter because I'm on Twitter a lot from yeah. the other team is like the Raptors are annoying. They're just annoying without his length. I'm pretty sure Hawks fans we were talking about this yesterday. They're, they're just annoying with all their length and and everybody's the same size. That's another thing. Every time a, an opposing coach comes in and you know the, the interviews on sh- and shoot around or anything like that they're always like yeah man oh this guy's six eight and then this guy's six nine and this guy's six seven and blah 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 mm. like, they're all the same <laughs> so yeah it's so, a lot yeah it's 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 year it's year two of vision six nine and you're seeing especially the de- defensive systems with nurse uh because last year when you know, the season was getting underway a lot of guys were out of place and then people are like, can we run these complex systems? Mm-hmm. And we keep leaving these corner threes open and all stuff and all these things like that. So mm-hmm. definitely the continuity, you can see it early. And that's part of the reason why the Raptors are four and three with a pretty, pretty damn tough schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, so Pascal being taking another step up is one thing, but just having everybody together. One, one um, Gary Trent, I feel is in a great scoring rhythm. It's not like he has to force things. Yep. Um, OG, I know. I know some people have been confused with his offensive role. Like, like, because some people have just wanted him to be a three and D guy, but he's yeah. a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. And then you know, you've seen you've seen Fred be 
be comfortable taking like a step back in terms of offensive responsibility, doing some things off ball, which has made him focus on the defensive side of the ball more. And 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 Scotty, um, Scotty's more comfortable. You see, you see all the, the the threes he fired up yesterday. Oh my god! That was yeah. So so yeah, it just it just feels like the team, the starters at least, the bench is still you know a, a question mark outside of Precious and um and Chris Boucher, but mm-hmm. just the, just everybody's comfort level is what I like outside of Pascal because it's just made things smoother this year to start. Yeah, I mean, you know, so, so many good points there. Uh, and, you know, I think w- what I want to touch on is uh, I love this perception of the Raptors being annoying. It kind of brings me back to, <laughs> like, the you know, uh, when people played us, w- when Kyle was sort of like the main ethos of the team, they were generally bothered. And whether it was like a charge or, you know, the two for one, like it's sort of like this micromanagement within the game that really is upsetting and frustrating to play against. Like, you know, we're, we're, we're making sure your star player can't do his, do his thing. You have to go to your backup guys. You know, I, I when I was watching the broadcast for the second time, um, Alvin Williams and Devin were sort of riffing on this idea that, you know, Devin first said, like, you got to be really patient when you play the Raptors. And, um, you know, Alvin sort of like one upped him and said, like, it's not just patience. You have to be really determined uh, and sort of like, you know, confident. It's like aggressive driving, right? You kind of have to, when it's your turn, you have to go. And I think any hiccup in that is going to throw you. So, for instance, you know, a team like the Celtics, everyone's ready. They can make a team like the Raptors and our over-aggression look absolutely foolish and just punish us and everyone shoots when they're supposed to. And it's like, wow, how are we just getting smashed by the Celtics? But, you know, a team like the Hawks, you have enough insecure people, you know, maybe you're, you're too focused on like, you know, Trey is the everything. And all of a sudden it's like, wait a second, what, what are we supposed to do against this team? There's length everywhere. Um, and yeah, I, you know, I'll, 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 I kind of want to touch it. You made a lot of good points. I want to touch on OG and Boucher as well, but I'm going to leave some for Stofi here just in case. Uh, but yeah, I, my last thing I'll say is, you know, uh, Jamar, I, I think continuity it has been for a long time, but I really think it's one of the most underrated things in the NBA. And people don't really understand how playing with the same people really sort of gets better as it goes along. Sometimes there's a toxic relationship, but let's, you know, take Atlanta even, right? I think Murray and Trey are going to get better as they play together more. And, you know, stuff like that doesn't really get accounted for. And, you know, we all want big transactions, right? Right. But um, yeah, lots of good points. Uh, and um, you know, let's go to you, Stofi. Uh, what what other than Pascal uh, making this, uh, you know, seeming jump from like third all NBA team to I, I guess second all NBA team yeah. lock or f- I don't know. I, I don't want to say fringe first all NBA team because maybe that's getting a bit crazy. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, what's yeah. what's the most positive thing for you? Uh, for me, I mean, aside from Pascal, obviously, is, um, you know, Scotty, man. I mean, I'm just excited about him. He's gotten bigger, stronger. Like, he's shooting that three, like we said, at like 50%, which I don't know if that's going to yeah. you know, continue. But, man, he's taking more. And, uh, and, and again, that, and that continuity, like just the fact that they've been now together 
for for at least a season. And then this starting five is now started. So this is, this full five has started. I think seven games aside from Freddie sitting out uh, the other game, whatever. It's like we're getting that. We have a full team. Our full five starters are, are playing every night. And I'm really excited also about OG. I had this theory like last season that OG cannot be um, offensively effective if he is with uh, Pascal or Scotty at the same mm-hmm. time, but I've been, he proved me wrong. Like he's been proving me wrong all season this season. I don't know what uh, his confidence is, is through the roof. I don't know. I think these guys are confident this year too. And I, I'm really excited about that. Um, and uh, lastly, Alvin Williams is getting a little bit better as a uh, sports broadcaster. He's great. I'm loving Alvin. <laughs> yeah. He's gotten better, man. Like last season, it was tough. You can see his first year, you know, he was yeah. getting out of the gates. He's, He's been funny from the get-go, I think. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. he never passes on an opportunity to dump on Kyle. I yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> when he made fun of Kyle's acting and hustle in the yeah. preseason, I was like, yeah, oh, man. Like, <laughs> I actually felt, like, pain for Kyle, like – you know, yeah. That's, as why, an that's why I caught through a basketball at him off set. Uh, <laughs> I think in yeah. uh, Miami pregame, he just threw he chucked the basketball at him. Just like, yeah. oh man, great this guy. <laughs> I mean, that's I, see, I see you talking about me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he's and Kyle, you know, I mean, yeah, like we we always talk about Kyle, but his feelings were probably hurt a little bit, you know. Um, but uh, but yeah, sorry, Stofi, back to the the kind of confidence you were talking about. Yeah, no, just in, in general, like, I think this team overall is, is way more confident. Like, think about the start of last season. What did we, I don't know, how did, we were putrid. We were, like, three and third. I don't even remember. It was awful. Yeah, we didn't have Pascal for a long time. Yeah. Right? It took a while to work his yeah. way back. I just like the fact that we get to watch this whole team play together, you know. Um, uh, and we have two strong, yeah, off the bench, Boucher and, and Precious. And, uh, you know, we have that, that length is fun to watch. We only got longer and. Longer and stronger. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know yeah. what this means, you know, for the the playoffs, and I want to get into that area and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're only seven games in; it's still very early, but you know, it, there's a lot, lot to be excited about for sure. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. the The confidence is great, and I feel like you know you can you can sense the competition. Um, a lot of the summer, you know, we're obviously searching for topics, that sort of thing. There was kind of like the precious Gary debate. And, you know, you just can't predict everything, right? So uh, Gary kind of won the spot, kept the spot. But I think what you're already seeing and, uh, you know, pardon, I'm a big, big Precious guy. So pardon me if this is like Precious blasphemy. But are we sure Precious is better than Boucher? You know, as far as impact, like... Mm. Uh, I'm not I'm not 100 percent on that, to be honest, like I feel like as far as his career, of course. Mm. But, you know, watching those two come on together, I think is something special. I think they push each other. I think, you know, Boucher really, you know, is a veteran at this point in the league. He knows, you know, he got his money. He, he has earned his way. Like you really quite the journey for Chris Boucher. And to me with him being healthy, I'm seeing, I'm seeing the bench impact right away where it's like he, he comes on and he makes a difference one way or the other. Like it's not just the three, um, you know, like he'll find a way. He's also, by the way, shooting outrageously from three right now. Uh, and uh, Coloco, sorry. Can we just say how, how yes. we got to love this guy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so oh, I, sorry. That's... No, no, no. I'm, I'm glad you brought him up because he was sort of, I had a couple backup things. Like uh, I was, my major sort of like things I'm, I'm just blown away by and optimistic about is, 
I feel like Coloco being good enough to be in the rotation pushes Precious, yeah. uh, Boucher, Kem. Um, you know, Otto's not even uh, here right. yet, and it also allows Otto to take his time coming back. And I just really, you know, I, I shouldn't have got confused by Summer League because it's so difficult to be a big man in Summer League. Uh, but I kind of assumed that we, we got Coloco with the intention of being like, hey, your whole first season – uh, is going to be in the G League, G League yeah. and you, hopefully you come back and like maybe get some minutes here and there. I was absolutely not thinking that Coloco was going to like start or yeah, just have like big assignments like guard Embiid right away, guard Capella, uh, you know, just be a big part of the ethos of this team. Mm-hmm. So that for me is huge. And then uh, I think the last thing I'm I'm really optimistic about that I wasn't really. I hadn't really factored in, you know, we're all talking about OG as this, uh, you know, when is his big step coming? And we're, we're just thinking about OG on offense. And I think we're all seeing OG take another step forward on defense. And that to me is pretty special. Like the impact is, is out of control. Um, I mean, I guess we'll just like leave uh, Tyrese Maxey aside. Like no one can guard him <laughs> on this team. But uh, you know, other than Maxey, it seems like it seems like we we're, are, are potentially going to have a defensive answer for for most players in the NBA. Um, again, early, et cetera. But yeah, yeah the, I think you know, to your point as well, Stofi. There's just quite a bit to be excited by. Well, let me just um, touch on OG for a second because, yeah. Um, like everybody the last couple seasons and he's been working on it the last couple seasons the offensive uh, creativity you know trying to get his mm-hmm. shot off and stuff like that remember last year when pascal was out og was slated as the number one option mm-hmm. um, it didn't work out that way and then obviously all the offseason rumors always not happy in his offensive role blah, yeah blah, blah, which turned out to be bs if you ask me yeah but um og doesn't talk very much we all know this. <laughs> mm-hmm. And for him to come out and say, hey, I want recognition defensively, that was a big eye-opener right yeah. there. Right? And then you, and now you're seeing it. He leads the NBA in steals per year. Hmm. Um, last night, he had six steals, two blocks. And I was looking this up earlier by coincidence, and the Raptors have only had one all-defensive selection in their history. Wow. one. Kawhi? It was, it was Kawhi's second team the year he was here, 2019. Wow. And it, it's it's hilarious because you think of the year after Kawhi left, the Raptors were ranked second in defense, and they had Kyle, and they had Fred, and they had OG, and they had Pascal. Mm-hmm. And a lot of voters, like Zach Lowe, for example, brought up the fact that they have yeah. so many good defenders that we can't just pinpoint one. Therefore, everybody's left off the all-defensive team. <laughs> and then the next year, the next year, you see uh, three Celtics make it or three Sixers make it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, wait a minute, where's the consistency here? So it's like we have to – I think I think the players have realized this too because not only Fred has talked – I mean, OG's talked about it. Fred has talked about it. It's like they have to campaign for themselves a little bit more if they want to, you know, end up with an all-defense selection. Even Scotty's talked about it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they're doing that a lot more and they're backing it up. And the way OG's playing – Again, it's early, it's only seven games, but the way he's played, I don't see how he's left off an all defensive team. Like the fact that they've only had one def- all def- defense selection is embarrassing. 
That's okay. Such a good point. And you're really touching on like Raptors ethos because we've always had to, you know, back to the Chris Bosch all-star days. Like, you know, I remember him in the cowboy hat, like mm-hmm. the, the Raptors have to campaign for themselves yeah. and, you know, other teams campaign for their guys. Like I remember when the Marcus smart campaign started last year and I was pretty confused. I was like, I feel like there's better defensive players than him on his own team. Uh, like Robert Williams, you know, yeah. and and I was sort of like, wait, what? Like, I'm I'm not saying he's not an incredible defender, but just sort of it, defense is always interesting, right? It's a reputational thing where even after guys fade away, like a Rondo or whatever, there's still that lingers with them. And but it takes, it's almost like you know, it takes a long time for them to be recognized on defense. And yeah, kudos to to OG and the squad for being like, all right, we're going to have to like start pushing this narrative. Otherwise people will simply not give it to us. I mean, um, they don't have the team. They don't have the national games to do it. They don't. A lot of people are not, a lot of the, a lot of the writers are not watching the Raptors. Although I, I feel like that's been a tick up lately, but just in general, they're not watching the Raptors. And if the Raptors only have like a handful of like four or five or something now on national TV games a year, it's just like they don't get that opportunity to shine at people like, oh, you know what? Let me let me pay attention to this guy a little bit more. Let me look up on some of his old mm-hmm. team, blah, blah, blah. I feel like that's how a lot of the voting goes, right? Yeah, so, totally. Yeah. So that's the classic Raptors conundrum, right? Like we're just always doesn't matter. <laughs> you win a championship and you're still just like, oh, it's just Toronto. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it really is. It's like, yeah. yeah, we win a championship and it's like, man, this is crazy. You want to know it's crazier? AD to the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's like, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, um, I think the, the idea of campaigning and, and sort of being on national TV is uh, it's, it's one of those things you don't want to get stuck on it as a fan, but it is true. You have to factor it in. Miles Turner was talking about it on the watch pod. Um, just how, you know, him and Halliburton and Buddy Heald are sort of talking about like they have one national game in Indiana. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm not saying Miles Turner has deserved to be on any, you know, particular whatever defensive team. But he, he was saying, I have led the league in blocks mm-hmm. um, and it's gone largely unnoticed. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. Mm-hmm. But um, you uh, brought it up, uh, Stofi, already. And uh, I mean, we got to talk about it because I feel like we're almost 10 games in, you know, obviously there's like a whole regression to the mean type thing, but we also know the Raptors have this giant, uh, whatever, like Hal style 2001 space odyssey shooting machine. Uh, and nurse is a shot doctor. Um, we are confident that we can basically bring in anyone to this system develop them as a shooter if they're already a shooter like fred we can make them a better shooter uh and there's a couple guys looking really good so far and uh i mean a lot of guys on the team i think uh let me just bring it up here but i think eight mm-hmm. um one two three four five six seven eight okay i won't count Ken birch but uh eight we have eight guys shooting above league average from three uh, a couple guys shooting ridiculously in Boucher and Barnes. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah, where where are you at with this shooting? Is this like are, are we are we good? Are we not bad or are we going to, you know, I'll put my hand up and say that I I I felt like this team was going to be a bad shooting team at the beginning of the year. Hmm. I I I mean, 
I think that, um, look, we, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson are the best, you know, obviously shooters in the, in the league and maybe Jordan Poole too. He might get in there, but especially from three. Um, and the Raptors, look, I'll, I don't think this is sustainable. I don't know. I just be real. Uh, real. Hey, hey, go for it, man. I'm I in think, there. That's I what think, I was looking for. I think it'll come back down to reality. I mean, mm-hmm. especially somebody like Scotty shooting 52% from three. I mean, that's just not going to happen. Uh, you know, right now, overall, I think they're shooting almost 40% from three. And when you really look at, and I think that's happening because Pascal is drawing so much attention and he can like find the open guy and these guys are knocking it down. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I, th- I think th- that there's going to be some sustaining of that. But then uh, one of the things that I've always been a bit worrisome with the Raptors is like we get into these these funks, right, where right. you go 0 for 8 or 0 for 10 sometimes on streaks or 0 for 5, whatever. Um, but they'll keep shooting it, which I guess is a good thing. But then it can get really frustrating. I think this year, though, they're going to have a bit more maturity and realize, like, okay, if this isn't falling, we're going to go inside and we're going to get to the line. We're going to do that kind of stuff. I, I feel like that's happening more this year where the, where the funks aren't as big. Mm-hmm. Does, that, does that feel right? Um, yeah, it seems like it but, so far. But, but overall, I think from three, we're, it's going to come back to maybe in that 35% range, I think. Uh, we take 34, yeah. shot, 34 threes right now average, I think. I think we're hitting 13 something crazy like that um so i don't know i i I think it'll come back down but it's amazing to see yeah and and i think uh you know i I said a bunch during the offseason i feel like when the raptors shoot well from three we're we're probably gonna blow teams out yeah like Um, atlanta i mean like like the other night last night was yeah and that that, that philly game right where it's like pascal starts like four for four or whatever and it's like okay well um i mean you shouldn't just let pascal shoot from three but um you know he's not Giannis. but i think uh uh, i think regardless you know the the point i want to touch on that you brought up that i i really um i'm sort of like revising a little bit is that pascal being this good does change a lot on the court and him kind of getting to his spots and passing so well changes, you know, I think the, the open looks, you know, mm-hmm. part of the reason I was uh, in the camp of going back to the conversation of Gary precious uh, of keeping Gary with the starting lineup is that I feel like he, um, you know, I don't like the idea of Gary, the gunslinger on the bench. I like the idea of Gary, the spacer on the starting totally line, agree. just like, having open threes. I feel like he's one of those guys who can have a blistering percentage if he's um, getting kickouts from Pascal. And, you know, uh, you know, I I hope, I don't know, obviously I'm not an insider. I don't know what's going on exactly with Otto. Hope everything's okay. I also hope we don't rush him back. And, um, you know, when he does come back, he is a career uh, catch and shoot three guy. Like he can, he can do this. He's done it. Um, And he'll be another guy just waiting there in the corner and uh, it's going to be good for Pascal. It's going to be good for Scotty. Um, I, yeah, I'm revising it a little bit. I'm sort of, I, I agree. I do think we're going to have some times this year where it's like, okie doke. We are absolutely um, bricking everything. It's a, you know, a two for 20 yeah. from three first half or whatever. But I, I kind of think Pascal getting to where he wants uh, fairly easily Um changes a lot for our shot yeah. selection and i'm sure the you know the league game plans 
over and over and over. So I, I'm sure that Pascal will start to see different types of looks pretty soon because mm-hmm. he's, he's been out of control. Um, but yeah, Jamar, where are you at? Like, is this sustainable? Is like, you know, will if, uh, you know, Scotty comes down, will Precious come up? Like, where are you at with the kind of like, not necessarily shot selection, but like this team as a three-point shooting team, like are we actually 38%? Like are we eighth in the in the league? Are we way better than we thought? Or I thought, sorry. I want to touch on a number of things if I can remember them all. So yeah, all right. first of all, this is a stark contrast from the preseason where the Raptors shot 24% from three. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of people were worried. It's like, is this what we're going to shoot like when it matters? <laughs> because yeah. this is we can't shoot like this and win games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you've seen the complete polar opposite because back in the preseason, OJ, OG couldn't make a three. Fred couldn't make a three. Yep. So and yeah. there and those were the two guys that Nick Nurse mentioned um, during you know post game interviews during the preseason. Like these guys are normally in the thirty seven to forty eight percentile. I'm not worried about them. Where are they right now? Thirty seven to forty eight percentile. They're, mm-hmm. they're at their normal numbers. Precious yep. is a little bit down because obviously last year in the um, second half of the season, he had that crazy stretch where he was shooting over 40% from three. Right yeah. now it's in the 20s. I expect yeah. that to go up. I expect um, Scotty's to, to drop. I, like uh, like Sophie mentioned, he's in the uh, he's 52%. That's yeah. not going to stay there. He up from 30% from last year. Mm-hmm. If he if he even goes up to like thirty six percent by the end of the year, I'd be happy. Yeah. So that's gonna go down. Chris yeah. Boucher is back to Tampa. Chris Boucher in terms of just firing from three, that's gonna go down. But when you when you look at it as a from a totality, the Raptors were thirty five percent from three last year. They're thirty eight mm-hmm. percent from three now. A three percent increase is not yeah, really yeah. that much. True. And then when you consider when you consider guys. Like, uh, I think Pascal is, is going to improve. Scotty's improving from three. When you consider things like that, I would say 30, 30, 38, 37, low bar 36. I think they will be better than last year for shooting the ball from three. Yeah. So, yeah. When you, look at, when you look at it as a whole, it doesn't seem to be that, like, that high of – a bar there are at right now where it's like, oh my gosh, you're going to come crashing down by 10%. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, secondly, I you brought up a great point about um Gary being just not being the guy that comes in the game and, and just chucks. Mm-hmm. And I, I have been talking about this for a while. I feel like if Gary were to come off the bench, he would have the Norman Powell syndrome where mm-hmm. – it it, yeah. it just doesn't it just doesn't vibe with him coming off the bench, especially if he's coming up playing with guys who are lesser as creators. Then he would start to create his own shots, and that's when his shot selection would be a little bit suspect. In the starting lineup, he's getting a lot of clean looks. He looks extremely comfortable. I'm pretty sure he's second on the team in points per game, but he's looking extremely comfortable. Whether you know create getting getting great looks off anything that Pascal or Scotty or Fred does. And then it's not just from three. He has, he has one of the better mid range games on the team where he could, you could do that pump fake. He can get to his spot a little bit in the elbow area and he can make that jumper. So I think he's in such a great scoring rhythm that this is his role where he's mm-hmm. just 
as a floor spacer, as a guy that can get a bucket, like say if Pascal's struggling, right? He's a guy that can get a bucket whenever he wanted. And speaking of Pascal, you were mentioning about how, you know, there's more of an emphasis. Um, it seems like from like the eye test, there's more of an emphasis to getting to the line. Uh, mm-hmm. Pascal right now is sixth in the NBA in free throws per game. Yeah, he's wow. like eight, eight. He actually shoots more free throws a game than DeMar DeRozan. And everybody knows that yeah, he yeah. gets the line a ton, a ton. So um, yesterday, that's huge. That's, kind of, that's yesterday. That's what basically put the game out of reach. Because mm-hmm. you know the Hawks were the Hawks were you know lurking around a little bit. It was like a, I don't know six to eight point game, and Pascal kept routine, routinely getting to the line in the third quarter. Um, he shot sixteen free throws, which is a career career high, mm. and he went six for six in the third quarter. And he he just kept he just kept these are like you said these are times where the Raptors historically would go in a slump. Yeah, because nothing was really flowing offensively in the third quarter, and then Pascal just kept getting to the line on multiple possessions in a row, and then Atlanta wasn't scoring on the other end, and then all of a sudden the game's in double digits. Yeah, I feel like that was a really underrated part of the game yesterday. Mm-hmm. That that kind of pushed it because all of a sudden it went from a six point game to a twenty point game like that, and it's kind of like yeah. what the what the hell happened? Well, that was part of it where Pascal yeah. just kept getting to the line and just kept pushing the score up, pushing the score up. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so a little a, a turnover here, a dunk here. And that was something that was so great about um, Kawhi when we had him. Like, you always knew he could come down the floor and get you some points. And if that's going to the line, that's how he would do it. Uh, and that and that's it. Pascal is kind of, is, he's coming that guy, which is what we've needed, right? Which is, uh, you know, again, only seven games in, but – Here's a guy that when you need the bucket, <clears throat> I don't care how you're going to get it. It might be from the line. Two points is two points, and you got to stop the bleeding. Uh, Pascal is going to be that guy who can who who who's going there now, which mm-hmm. is which is huge. And I think he's going to get more calls too. Just you know that whole respect thing and the way that the refs tend to call. I, mean, I hate all that. We'll get, I know, but you know. <laughs> because I, I, honestly, I feel like he he's a, he's a little bit more stronger now, and he can finish better. But I also feel like he's not in terms of driving to the rim and being in, in, in that term of aggression. I don't think he's been doing anything really all that much different from previous years. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like he's getting more calls. He's getting, he's getting some of those star calls where mm-hmm. you know the defender gets frustrated. It's like I didn't even touch the dude. Like, yeah. The Raptors are not used to getting calls like that. Yeah. And I'm, I've noticed even like yesterday, Pascal's starting to get some of those calls. So mm-hmm. that's only going to help the Raptors. Because how many years have we seen, even when Kawhi was here? Yeah. Even when Kawhi was here, how many times have you seen him get fouled and he not get the call and Nurse blast the refs and get a tech or say something about them after the game, get fired? Oh. Like that hasn't really happened so far this year, if you notice. Like, yeah. There hasn't been any ref gripes. Nurse hasn't oh actually oh, actually as I say that I remember Masai just got fired for saying Oh yeah, Masai went to the floor's table. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a sneaky one. Okay, so uh, that doesn't that doesn't totally vibe with my Masai. point. Masai. But yeah. but for the most part, you haven't seen Nurse be overly aggressive to the rest. Because uh, uh, last couple seasons, it's like, okay, dude, it's like like this is actually getting annoying for us. Mm-hmm. Yes, but, but his face is all red. I'm like, buddy. But th- that hasn't yeah. really happened. Where he's following up the refs. Remember, like sometimes after the Raptors would lose a game, and you'd like so sarcastically clap at the refs and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I've really seen that. Uh, yes. The Raptors, I feel like, are getting more calls, and 
I don't have like the raw numbers in front of me in terms of uh, free throws last year, free throw rate last year compared to free throw rate this year. But it just from the eye test perspective and just seeing how Pascal's free throws, because last year he took like about five free throws a game and now it's almost nine. So yeah. that's a major jump. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I just feel like because of Pascal getting more respected on the league, the star calls, which I, I freaking hate, like if it's a foul, just call it a foul. Where there's yeah. a rookie mm-hmm. or super, I don't really care. But it's definitely there, and that definitely helps the Raptors' offense because they have an option now where if they're going through a slump, just go give it to Pascal. He's a great one-on-one creator now, and he could get to the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, lo- lots of good points there. I feel like the, the star call is always always a frustrating thing. Um, you know, as an NBA fan, there's certain things that, you know, even if you're a hardcore fan, they, they still kind of bother you. That's one for me. Um, I do feel like there's a certain amount of just kind of like massaging the game. And, uh, you know, I think Pascal is handling the ball with more confidence and it's sort of is putting him in position. Like, like, you know, to your point, I don't think he's changed much, but he's just like that much more comfortable being in the key with the ball. So I think it's kind of like, it's, it's a part of recognition and it's also kind of just like happening more as well. Like he's in that good position more. Um, and, you know, uh, last two kind of catch up points uh, to your point about like nurse complaining. The only thing he's really done so far is he's campaigning for Coloco a little bit to stop getting so many rookie calls, which is like, you know, Hey, uh, that's a thing as well. Um, but uh, I just want to go back to uh, before we move on uh, the Gary in a flow thing, because you Gary, I don't know. He kind of gets talked about in a way that I find sometimes dismissive by Raptors fans. And, you know, even the heading into this year, it's like, okay, all the, all the starters score 15 points. Um, there was this assumption like, okay, Scotty's going to score more. OG wants to score more. Mm-hmm. So Fred's going to sacrifice Scotty to the, or, uh, Gary to the bench or whatever. And I kept kind of saying, I'm like, I think Gary's going to take more shots. Like he's not that guy. He's actually like, if anyone, he's going to be like, all right, well, OG, if you're not firing it up, like if you pass to me, like I'm not passing it back, I'm Mm -hmm. putting it up. And I'm not saying he doesn't pass, but you know, he's low on that end and he's averaging 19 points a game this year. So uh, I could see Gary, you know, is it that big of a surprise uh, maybe just to other people, but to me, it's not. If Gary's our second leading scorer, yeah. See, that's, that that was surprising. That's surprising to me because I think Gary's always just been like the odd man out of that five five man rotation. There, it's like it's like Gary was always the fifth. Like that's just and, the way kind of. But he's not. Yeah. He's, he's like he, he doesn't think he's the fifth. No, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I think Raptors fans are always like, okay, so we're gonna make a trade. Yeah, uh, throw Gary. Gary in. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. um, And then there's always this idea where like, Gary's yeah. just like expendable, like, or you know, like yeah, you're, like yeah. Gary's sort of like I tried to tell you, I came from Portland. I was behind McCollum and yeah. Lillard. Now I'm not behind anyone, and I'm yeah. putting up shots, and I'm yeah. gonna hit them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'll also shoot in the clutch. Like you see, sometimes players defer and yeah. Gary in the last two minutes, he's like, well, I'm the best shooter. So I'm going to shoot. Like, he, he, won, he already won the Miami game. Remember that? that right. Three. Like, like right in front of the bench. And like, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm big on Gary. Uh, okay. Let's uh, let, let's move on. Let's get a bit silly for a sec. Maddie, you're <laughs> going to come in. Give me your, <clears throat> might be another weird owl thing. Let's see. Give me your weirdest NBA sting. This is Adam Silver. Oh. 
We're just a Weird Al podcast at this point. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> no, that, that, that's new to you guys. I'm used to that one. This is um, Adam Silver. Huh? Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's <laughs> this is Adam Silver, Hong Kong, I think. But he loses his breath. Anyways, we'll move on. Um, Maddie, get on in here. All right. Uh, you're going to start this segment off. Oh, it boy. Was Halloween. Yeah. Um, it was Halloween and uh, a lot of, you know, decent to good to lame costumes around there. Uh, I sent you guys an article of NBA costumes, but please, if you found another one, let me know. What was your favorite uh, NBA player's costume? And then also, uh, if you could, um, you know, if you if you were in charge of someone's costume concept, uh, who would it be and what would it be? Okay. It, it got pretty wild, so hopefully you guys can stick with me on the costume creation part. But first okay. we'll say that the, the favorite costume that I saw, I'm just going to give it to Russell Westbrook because the guy needs a win. He's so it's his costume was so consistent with his play. It doesn't fit. doesn't make any sense with his kids. It looks like he got some Power Rangers ripoff costume from a dollar store. You're a multimillionaire. You should have like one of those Iron Man like mechanical helmets or something that like opens up. It could be anything. It just look I feel so bad for this guy. I just want him to move on from the Lakers and maybe get back to his his old triple double self. I don't know. But so I'll I'll give it to Russ. Give him a win. And okay, I'll fair, say fair. now the costume thing. This one is a couple's costume. Hmm. Okay, so pay attention. All now right. okay. <laughs> this one goes to the Miami Heat, which I believe had a two and five October. Uh Kyle Lowry, our guy, apparently not very happy there in Miami. There's all kinds of rumors. They they're gonna be following him around. It seems like that he might be traded. And you know what? Let's let's put that all to bed. And the best way to do that is okay. I want I want Kyle Lowry and Pat Riley as a couple's costume, okay. and Pat and Kyle just to make some humor to you know Pat calling him out about his physical fitness and whatnot. Right. So, yeah. You know, put lighten things yeah, up. Yeah. So sure. so Kyle's gonna go as the nutty professor for <laughs> Halloween, and, oh my. and Pat Riley. <laughs> Pat Riley's gonna go as the old man from the movie Thinner. And <laughs> at the wow. Halloween party, he's just gonna be chasing Kyle around like crazy, trying sure. to give him the thinner curse. Um, yeah, okay. And, and then, oh, so they have to like be in character the whole night? Whole wow. whole night it's like Pat chasing Kyle around. When he finally gets him, it deflates, shows the physically fit Kyle Lowry, wow. and everyone okay. has a good chuckle. See, we love each other. Let's go win a championship. You know what? For you, no, that I was don't. pretty tame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I never know what to expect uh, with Matt in this segment. Um, things can go off the rails real quick. Um, <laughs> I did get a big scared when you when you mentioned the movie Thinner. Like, Where's this going? Um <laughs> But, uh, you know, yeah, uh, respect to Kyle. I love it. Um, that's, uh, that's great. Okay, uh, Jamar, um, what's your, you know, best costume you saw and uh, a costume idea? The costume itself is, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty basic, pretty average. But I have to give it to Grant Williams because he was mm. in character. 
Yeah, you, you saw the um, you know, character is huge. It's about yeah, being exactly. a character. He played it off really well. It's not like he just came in with the entrance and then you know he took it off and that was that. This man was in character and probably aspired inspired Pascal's post game interview last night. But he was in character after the Celtics win against uh, I forget who they played on Sunday. I think it was Washington or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this guy was in his full getup as Batman. And he's <laughs> answering this little voice. <laughs> yes, I did what we had to do to win. <laughs> it's just like, and then I, at one point, I, and then at one point, I don't know if you guys saw it. Tim Table, you didn't see him, but back, but you know, behind the camera, Tatum's like, "What the f are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> so I have to give it to him. Like you don't normally see. I mean, obviously, we see all these costumes during Halloween, but you don't normally see these guys in character during interviews. I thought that was absolutely hilarious. So yeah. you no. Know, for that alone, I have to Good give it to Grant Williams. As far as um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. I didn't know I had to design a costume. <laughs> okay, my, yeah. my creativity is horrible, so I'm gonna try and think of one as you guys pass it on. All right. Sure. Uh, all right, I'll take I'll take the mic. Or Freddie, do you got one? Are you gonna? Is, uh, uh, I, no, I'm 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 good. If you are, I okay, can. Uh, I'll, I'll, uh, okay, so I did. You guys see Jordan Clarkson's? Uh, no, what was this? And maybe it was a different year, but he's he, he had like three different things that he went. But he went out as Edward Scissorhands. Okay, and like he like committed, like it was like fully a fantastic like, uh, outfit. Look it up because I, I was going to look at the list, you know, that you had sent. Uh, I also like McGee's. Uh, uh, what's his? Thou shalt not pass. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> his Lord of the Rings scandal. Yeah, that was yeah. that was yeah. sick. I mean, because yeah. he's huge, right? And it's just like just a great costume. Yeah. But um. But yeah, look up Jordan Clarkson's stuff. This guy's creative. It was really, really good. Hmm. Um, the uh, the I just oh, wow. Sorry, it? this is it's amazing. Sorry, yeah, it's like next level. Um, the next uh, the uh, the what I would dress someone. I was originally going to say uh, Donovan Mitchell, Spider Man. You know, just go classic. You know, Spider. But then I was like, wouldn't it be great if uh, Steve Nash went as a coach? <laughs> Hey, oh. wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Shots fired. Wow. <laughs> He's coming at oh, you on Twitter, man. man. Watch out. Oh, <laughs> no, I just thought of that. Just thought of that one. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, that was a good on the spot. Just punched his Nash's gut. Yeah. Um okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here. Uh so McGee was also mine. But I do have a backup just because I love wrestling so much. And sometimes just like a straight up mask uh, makes me laugh. And uh, the picture of Dame uh, being Stone Cold Steve Austin looks really funny. And the video of him walking in, like just, just he's got the posture right. And, you know, that mask just looks sweaty and like. Yeah, it, it, that kind of thing makes me laugh. Like he probably had to take that off as soon as as soon as he turned the corner. He's like, I can't breathe in this, man. Um, so uh, I'm gonna give it to Dame there, and uh, I just feel like there's a look-alike thing. He's the only person who could pull this off, like like you know, stature-wise. I feel like Zion needs to go as Thanos. Um, <laughs> like he. He could do it. Like I, I googled Zion Thanos. It's already a thing, so it's not like I'm. You know, people want this, so uh, I'm going Zion Thanos for for my um for my costume. 
Nice. Um, Jamar, I don't know if you thought of something in time. Maybe it's another <laughs> no. punch to Steve Nash's. Uh, <laughs> no, that was good, man. Do you want me to name more? I can name more uh, characters from Thinner if you want to choose another. Yeah, one. let's let's move on from the Thinner thing. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Nash, what kills me? But no, I I can't think of I can't think of anything. Yeah, Steve head, Steve really. Nash is a coach. How dare you? Um, disrespect the Canadian too. Yeah. Um, okay, let's. Uh, I guess let's move on to that. Actually, that's yeah, our last perfect, subject. Perfect. Um, I had another one lined up, but uh, this is breaking. So let's do it. Um, I mean, lots going on in Brooklyn. I sort of thought the season started. We'll see what happens. I underestimated Kyrie. Um, so first of all, there's the whole kind of, um, you know, tweet uh, about the you know anti-Semitic movie. Uh, and then also um, fans are going to games. Reporters are asking Kyrie. So that's a whole circus there. Oddly enough, the, the Simmons thing is kind of like, you know, he's slowly working himself back in, I guess. Like that's yeah. less of a deal. But uh, today we had the uh, the firing of Steve Nash. Uh, I didn't really think that was going to happen after Josiah said, like, you know, the, the coach is safe. Um, and then to what as if to one up themselves, the leading candidate is Ime Udoka. Uh, so, I mean, that I mean, maybe that's like just like sensational reporting and he's not actually the leading candidate, but. It seems like he might be so. Just wildness from Brooklyn. Um, let me start with you, uh, Jamar. Like what? What? Yeah. Like where? Where do you feel like? What do you feel like you want to say about this? This? Uh, this Brooklyn Nets tire fire. At one. At what point does Kevin Durant just say enough? Like he's already asked for a trade. Yeah. I mean, I feel like. <clears throat> He's going to do it again. He's going to do I feel he's I give him the rest of 2022 to demand a trade. I feel like what is he 34, 30 going on 35 years old. Yeah, I, I mean, think so. This was his issue, this was his issue coming in where it's just like it just they just they were just all over the place for the last couple of years whether it be Harden or Kyrie in the vaccine or Kyrie now or Steve Nash it's just like it feels like everything is just KD just wants to hoop. <laughs> it's just like I, yeah. I feel bad for him sometimes because it's just like a lot of this circus has nothing to do with him. He's just trying to hoop. And um, the how does the Udoka thing? How would that work? Would like would that be a thing for next year, or would he, or is he just like obviously suspended from Boston? And if they wanted him, they could get him like right away. I don't even know how that works. Yeah, that's that's a good question. I think he's suspended from Boston. Maybe it's a thing where they have to ask permission from Boston. I know at one point there was a report that said uh, Boston was sort of like, if anyone does want to interview him, they're allowed to. I feel like I yeah. read that at one point. It's not it's a not- league suspension, right? It's just like <clears throat> a team. Yeah, suspension. team suspension. Okay, but um, about Nash and you're, you're saying um, – you know, the, the vote of confidence that, you know, he's our coach and blah, blah, blah. From my experience, anytime you have to say that, it's the total opposite. Mm-hmm. That's just, it, it's like you're in denial. Yeah. And the, the writing the writing on the wall was 
for Nash. I mean, and you can you can see it. Look at the way he look at the way he acted out against Milwaukee. Did you see the look in his eyes? Like this is this is not Steve Nash. This is a guy who's like, yo, my job. I could get fired at any moment. Don't screw me over, type of thing. That's what I took it as. Like anytime you see someone act like someone as mild mannered as Nash act like that, you know that you know the pressure it, it is getting to him. But um, I didn't I didn't see the Nets being that good as currently constructed. Um, they are missing. They are missing some guys like like that could help them score because I, I feel like Katie and Kyrie, if they don't score sixty points a game combined, they don't have a chance. And when you're missing a guy like Seth Curry that can give you a good sixteen to eighteen points and stretch stretch the floor and stuff like that, and Joe Harris isn't like at his normal form yet, so they do have some guys who can like help that aren't there right now. But just everything together it's like brooklyn the whole plan was to be a championship contender mm-hmm. yeah. once again they don't look like a team that would get you know that would be in the top six in the east and i was thinking about this before they even started whatever they are right now two and five or something like that or they're one and five yeah yeah something like that so yeah um and then you have Kyrie just Every two seconds, there's something going on. It's just something to the mm-hmm. next, to the next, to the next. And um, when, 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 when Kanye West is endorsing you, you know you're <laughs> Yeah. Point, right? So, yeah, I, my thoughts just go to – my thoughts just go to Katie and be like, well, enough is enough. He's going to – he's going to – he's going to demand a trade again, and then it's going to be like the offseason where everybody's – where he had the offseason on hold for a good few weeks where everybody's trying to figure out where he's going to go. There's no, there's no way in hell he's staying the whole season in Brooklyn, I don't think. Yeah, I, th- I think you hit on the, you know, you, you hit on all the good stuff, and, and, and KD is sort of where my head's at as well. I also put a little picture uh, in, the, in the chat for you guys if uh, anyone's curious. Um, uh, back to Lord of the Rings reference. Uh, Nash went full Bilbo Baggins eyes. Um, they yes. bursting out of his head. Yeah. Like wow. it was, it was wild. Uh, and Nash is mild mannered. Like he's everything about him. Like he's a, he's the guy that would lay on the court for his back in the you know back mm-hmm. half of his career. Like Nash is pretty chill. Um, uh, which is also why it's funny you made fun of him, Stofi. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think. I, this is a Raptors podcast, right? So uh, I, I got to say, I feel like Masai and other other sort of GMs around the league where, you know, when it's like, oh, Brooklyn has the upper hand. It's like, we'll, we'll give you 10 days. Like, <laughs> like, you know, wait till you're in the middle of the season and KD demands a trade. Then, then your offers are going to be lower mm-hmm. and you're going to be more desperate. And that's how we're going to do it. Like, you know. So, I mean, Brooklyn, absolute just wild situation there. Somehow James Harden is looking like the guy who's like, yeah, like I, I made the right decision here, yeah. you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, we will see what happens with KD. And um, I also just want to echo what you said, uh, Jamar, about Brooklyn. I, you know, it was a classic. I think I, I, I felt the same about the Clippers, you know, for different reasons, but it's like, I'm kind of done with the, like, this team's good on paper, AKA they're good. I'm like, you got to actually show me. And 
I think similar, but different with those two teams. It's like, Mm -hmm. they're both prove them teams for me at this point. Um, I had a lot of faith in the Clippers, but the the injuries, I I don't know who knows what's up with Kawhi. Yeah. I I, I was pegging Clippers and being in the Western Conference Finals, but Mm -hmm. I mean, it's still very early, but this this Kawhi Kawhi thing is really concerning. Because now when you have to miss like weeks at a time. Yeah. 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 And and I, I think that's sort of where I'm coming from. And you know, I'm I'm for the sake of health, I, I I'm happy to be wrong. But just with him and PG, I I don't really see I don't I don't really see the depth with the Clippers. Uh, and I also don't see them just being this kind of juggernaut team. Um, if if all everyone's healthy, you don't want to see them in the playoffs. But um, anyways, like that's a diversion. But like Brooklyn, I think. Even if this, even if Kyrie was like chill, I don't really. The roster construction, everything about this team doesn't give me confidence that like, oh, that's a team that's gonna like take care of business or deal with adversity well. Um, yeah. I don't want to take all the points though. Stofi, where are you at with this this Brooklyn kind of tire fire? Well, I mean, I look at it just to take a different take on it. Uh, that look for Nash, I think it's a good thing. This guy, I don't think he was respected from day one being the coach of that team. I don't think anybody really respected him as a coach in general, and they should have. Like, I mean, this guy, two-time MVP, like, you know, uh, this guy knows knows basketball. And I think just being in Brooklyn just from day one, he was disrespected. And he needed to get out of there. He needs to be on a different team. I I mean, you don't even respect him. I don't even respect that. <laughs> didn't Kyrie have that whole thing where, well, Kyrie's always saying stuff, but didn't Kyrie have that whole thing about how we don't even really need a coach? Yeah. Yes. It was like, you know, and, and when you say from day one, you're right. Yeah. And they, they didn't even want Nash in the first way. I mean, I, you know, so he was always up against, you know, players that didn't want to play for him. And that's why you're getting these guys. So what I think though, with Brooklyn is that because Nash is gone and they're going to bring in a new coach, whoever it is, I think you're going to see Brooklyn play better, which hmm. is uh, an interesting take. That's my hot okay. take. Hey, hey, drop a hot play. take in here. Yeah, yeah. They're going to start putting things together. I, I, I don't know if Nash was the problem, but I think he was the problem, just because, not because he's a bad coach, just because nobody wanted to respect him as a coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be, I mean – At least the main guys, you know. There is some, you know, some reason to think that, like, a, a change of any kind, even if it's <laughs> sort of like a performative one – could potentially be good yeah um yeah i'm definitely in the camp of kind of thinking that what's toxic in brooklyn is just so it is. beyond nash uh, yes How, however you know you know like sometimes something whatever clicks in the right direction yeah and how does Kyrie uh, get away with saying what he says and he's not getting suspended or he's not getting any sort of yeah that you know, has definitely been talked about because even when uh what was it a couple of years ago? I want to say when uh, Myers Leonard yes. went that route and he got suspended for a week, and then he ended up because he's not good, and yeah. he ended up not really even playing again. So, like, I read they're just kind of going with the flow and yeah, making it get worse. And I mean, that's not going to go away. Mm-hmm. Like, you can, yeah. like uh, the game. I think yesterday they left. They made him unavailable to the media. I mean, at some point he's going to have to talk to the media again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I, by by that point, Kyrie will probably say something else. So, yep. it's it's a mess. 
I know what one of the questions he had was like, you know, something about like the the retweet, and I, I guess like it, it, you know, he sort of insinuated that like that's not like an endorsement, and I don't know what a retweet is, but I think yeah. it's pretty close to an endorsement of yeah. something. Um, I mean, yeah, maybe it's like a, a Twitter thing, but um, yeah, I, I, I think it's a good point. Like that's gonna the rubber's gonna meet the road there somewhere, but yeah, we're we're running up on an hour here, so uh, uh, we're gonna wrap this up. But I want to thank you both so much for doing the pod. Uh, it was a fun one. We got silly, we got serious too. Um, let me go to you first. Well, I'll bring in Maddie here um, for the plug afterwards, but let me go to you first. Uh, uh, Jamar, you know, obviously you're with Raptors Republic, uh, you know, you're with TSN, but you know, where can people find you? We'll post your socials, of course, but you know, what do you want to let people know? I do as many recaps and previews for Raptors games as I can on Raptors Republic. My handle, uh, Jamar J A M A R B H. If you know you're listening to this, not the video version, so you can follow me there. I have a link on my Twitter to my Raptors Republic stuff. And that's I'm trying to do as much as I can this season regarding that. So I like to from from my from my recaps, I like taking everybody's scope from the X's and O's to what the players say after the game, because I have access to that through TSN and um hmm. and also just social media. I'm on Twitter all the time. So I kind of know what Raptors fans want in that sort of uh, aspect. So just check out my previews and my recaps on, on Raptors Republic and yeah, that's where my stuff is. Amazing. Well, uh, yeah, I, I'm happy to, that you, you joined the podcast. I'm a fan of your work and, uh, you know, join Thank another you. time, please. And everyone follow Jamar and support him. Um, Stofi, what's up? What do you want to let people know? What's going down? Uh, you know, actor, comedian, uh, Very, always, yeah. always working on stuff uh, at Stolfi Comedy on Instagram. If you want to laugh, uh, solid jams on TikTok. Just make sure, stuff sure. Get in there. Uh, any cancer survivors out there? I just wrote a book called "The Comedian Versus Cancer," so uh, go get it um, if uh, if you're listening. Um, yeah, man. So that's uh, that's my thing. Just just working every day, taking jump shots. I'm playing basketball tonight. Um, Wallace Emerson uh, Rec Center. Check out yeah. that wet jump shot. <laughs> yeah. If you're listening to this tomorrow, show up to Wallace. Yeah. Day before. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, or the next day. There's a lot of construction, <laughs> but the community center is still there. Uh, thank you, Stofi. Appreciate it, man. Um, Maddie, uh, let's uh, let's wrap this baby up. Um, you know, what do you want to let people know? Uh, you know, about Raptors Republic. You know, maybe we can yeah. drop a little uh, uh, paywall jazz too. Yeah, thanks for uh, listening, watching. If you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. If you want to hear the full episode, go to the Rapcast on your favorite podcatcher and you can subscribe there to hear our full episodes. And go to rockthersrepublic.com, of course. They've got that paywall. They got that paywall, six bucks a month for all the premium, premium, premium content. Okay. <laughs> you want that for a quarter of the cost of staying verified on Twitter. <laughs> oh, Not yeah. bad. Not bad when you got to pay that much to use Twitter now. So, yeah, you know, support the writers. Go to RaptorsRepublic.com. And, yeah, that's pretty much it. Amazing. Um, and I'll just thank everyone for listening, for supporting, for commenting, uh, all that stuff. Uh, check us out. And thank you so much. Um, Maddie, if you feel like we're done, we're good to go. Please just give me those words I love so much. Okay. Okay.
Listen to full episodes of the Confederacy of Dunks only on the Rapcast. 